Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. This episode of The Amagon Show was recorded live at the Birchbox Oliver Bonus co-working space. For more information on how to subscribe to Birchbox, follow the links on emmaguns.com. Welcome to a very special episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I'm joined by two incredible guests at the Birchbox and Oliver Bonus co-working space. I'm joined by Hannah and Sophie Pycroft, the sisters behind Spectrum. You may know those uh, rather snazzy-looking makeup brushes that have essentially taken over Instagram. But also joining me, I have to flag this up, we have a live studio audience. (laughs) So uh, we can have a murmur from the crowd... Even though, I've, <laughs> even though I've just very sternly told them all to switch their phones off like a, a headmistress. Thank you for joining me, ladies. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. I'm so keen to talk to you about this incredible brand. We, we can chat for hours. So. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was born, am I right, on one of my favourite places on earth, on a sun lounger by a pool. Well, that was the very, very early beginnings basically we're on holiday and you can't go on holiday and just switch off so no. when we're on holiday we're usually brainstorming or doing mood boards or other things that creative people do really which I'm guessing a lot of people do and um, yeah holidays never a holiday really they no but we were on holiday with our mum and dad and our younger brother and we were at the time were planning on looking at doing a range of clothes um, but we just we, we just wanted to do something for ourselves, didn't we? So we were just sitting around thinking about what, what to do, really, and bouncing ideas off each other. We came up with this whole design about something called a shakini. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a cross between a, a bikini, it was a bikini and, a, and a sarong. And the sarong, it. like, rolled up into the bikini, and then you just whapped it out. Yeah, really <laughs> that, that never, never materialised. No. But it was... It was on holiday, we started thinking about what we wanted to basically do with our lives because we were both freelancing. Um, as what were you freelancing as? Photographer myself, and and I was um, freelance videographer and like graphic design. So we were working together on quite a lot of different projects and making content for different brands. Okay, we should probably at this point just photographer say your name just so everyone can understand because there are three of us. Yes. Yeah. So. Sophie, myself, photographer. And photographer yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. and Hannah, videographer. Exactly. Good. Just in case it gets difficult to follow. We sound similar. Exactly. Well, <laughs> sisters. So you were already creators because you've just de- described yourself as creative people. Mm. So the shikini didn't happen. No. no. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> but the brushes were born. Yeah. So we we started looking at clothing first, didn't we, before the brushes, um, because we knew it had to be fashion or beauty orientated for us to absolutely love it and spend all our time and energy investing in it, really. Mm. Um, So, yeah, we we did actually plan a whole range of clothes, didn't we? We came... Yeah. A whole range of clothes, though, is not a small amount of work. No, we just sat there and drew bits by the pool, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Notebooks out. Yeah. Yeah. 
brainstorming everything really so when we got home from the holiday we were um just all over google just googling everything possible um trying to find li- literally clothing designers to start off with wasn't it factories to make things yeah but um, it was too expensive wasn't it initially? yeah and we did order some samples and i was like an extra large and oh yeah xxxl yeah that's, that's how bad the sizing was we're like oh this is going to be too much work so we won't yeah. go there that was just we quickly wrote that off Um, and I think it was I think I was literally dropping Sophie off to the pub um, and we'd been researching yeah (laughs) Cardiff girl going out for a drink (laughs) but we'd been researching loads and we knew it had to be colourful like a little bit funky we just wanted something we could really brand and make amazing and different Um, and we were looking at loads of different avenues and I think it was just a really small brainwave and I said to Sophie I was like why don't we do makeup brushes and she was like yeah let's just do that yeah. um, and there was a lot of other kind of reasoning behind doing makeup brushes because they don't have a sell by date mm-hmm. um, they're really easy to store and post um, and at the time makeup brushes were just really black and brown and boring so and expensive and expensive yeah that's the other thing as well is we we aren't professional makeup artists ourselves mm. so we're just makeup lovers lovers of colour and just anything a bit quirky really so that combined made for the perfect product for us and and after the initial kind of idea of let's do makeup brushes and obviously then we started researching and sampling and that's when we realised that the vast majority of the products available at the time were just really function over style and I know mm-hmm. the two have got to have a balance but then there's no real reason behind why they were so boring Mm. so we wanted to just mix it up a bit didn't we was there the eureka moment or do you remember when you said let's do it like this let's have these eye-catching was the was the first instance the mermaid or was it unicorn no it was just Just pink pink. just pink pink. yeah Yeah. well the our like first range and our base range currently is still the the pink handle with the black ferrule and the blue and the purple hair mm-hmm. um, and that continues to be our kind of iconic colourway I think that people instantly associate as being Spectrum mm. um, but we were just kind of pulling together loads of different colour palettes and we didn't want to just kind of start off with kind of like red and really bold and just we wanted to kind of keep it quite fun quite girly quite pastely quite pastely yeah but it's the kind of product that we knew we'd start with one and then that's why we called it spectrum collections because it was always the plan from the beginning to to build it into a collection of different designs really and mm. um, which is what we try and do all the time so i don't think there was a eureka moment because we were just laying things up on photoshop and yeah and we did have samples made and oh initially it was going to be a whole ombre in like neon colors wasn't it and it looked it looked hideous yeah Yeah. and then we got it yeah (laughs) it was vile but um so we we did actually do a photo shoot and everything around that and we were going to launch with that range weren't we and then we were like oh it it looks really gross (laughs) on camera yeah Yeah. um although we did have one person on instagram who was begging us to buy that one he still messages and says i'm gonna get that neon green brush set and we're like i'm really sorry this it's never happened yeah well that's been a huge part of the business as well the instagram feed is hugely popular Mm. and even when we were chatting before we started recording you were chatting to customers directly on dms Mm. yeah it's always on instagram isn't it Mm. we we love chatting to people on social media that's what 
we do all the time. Even in the evening, literally on breaks, whether it's on Bake Off or whatever, and I'm quickly on Twitter, like, oh, thanks for, you know, retweeting mm. people or replying to people's questions as much as we physically can, really, aren't we? Yeah. Because that was our... Um, our kind of gateway to starting our own business with social media. That's mm. how it was born. So. Yeah. And we always knew that it would start on Instagram because of the nature of the brushes being so colourful and so different at the time. Um, we were just like, I remember having our, our meeting with our accountants initially and they were like, so how are you going to make all this money? And I'm, our business plan was very conservative anyway because we literally started it ourselves. You just made the business plan. I just, I, yeah, I, did, I did it on an app online. It was mm. really great. I was like, yeah. You made your business plan on an app online? Yeah, because neither of us have any kind of business background at all. We both did, like, creative degrees, and we're a little bit airy-fairy, but I was the one who was like, right, okay, well, we need to do a business plan. Even though we didn't go to the bank with it, we still did it for our own kind of focus, and I think it is really important to still have some kind of business groundings. So we did that, and then when we took it to our accountants, they were like, and how are you going to get this product out there? And we literally just said, Instagram. And they looked at us like, you absolutely mental. Yeah. You're just going to sell a product online with no marketing bu- budget at all. And we were yeah, like, that was yeah. it, wasn't it? They said, well, what's, what's your budget for marketing? We went, 100 quid? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, on the business plan, it was 90, It was 90, it? yeah. Yeah, so they were like, they kind of went... Okay, like wrote something <laughs> down, probably like they're crazy. But would you look to other brands who have built a business on Instagram? Would you look to the path to success? Or did you just know that you were producing something that would look great in pictures? Yeah, yeah. It's just gut, wasn't it? I think it, yeah, it was gut, and because our background is content creating and making pictures, we were like, well, we'll just take amazing pictures, post it on Instagram, and hashtag everything, and people will see it and like it. And yeah. So far. It's uh, gone to plan. How quickly did it begin to grow? How quickly did you see those numbers on Instagram start to creep up? Um, the numbers were quite quick, weren't they? The, the numbers sales were, were slow initially. Yeah. Um, every single day, our dad would be like, girls, have you sold anything today? would be like, no. And then he'd be like, well, do you want to get a job? We're like, we've got a job, dad. I'm still freelancing photography all the time, but yeah. I'm in here now working, packing orders or whatever. But then that was about six months. We probably sold like... Two things a month? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. next to nothing at all. I think our, like, running costs every month was about 300 quid Mm -hmm. for our accountancy and, like, running the website and insurance. Um, We only started actually paying ourselves, like... January? January last year. Oh, no, this year. Yeah, this year. Yeah, this year. How old is the business now? Three Three and and a half years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so first two and... Two and a bit years, we didn't even take a wage. We just constantly reinvested back into the business. Mm. But you were happy in processing and fulfilling all the orders yourself. Mm. Yeah, from Sophie's garage yeah. with no window and just a light bulb. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no fresh air. It was horrible, wasn't we, it? We literally lived off coffee and chocolate hobnobs. That was absolutely it. nothing wrong with that. No, but there is when you don't have any daylight and you're just working in the garage. Mm. But in we lived it, didn't we? Yeah, but it was the only way to to start because we always knew that. We're grafters anyway, aren't we? We always have been. So we knew that we wouldn't have this massive budget to be like, right, okay, well, we'll pay them to pick and pack everything and then we'll, we'll just be able to swan around and post things on Instagram. Like, yeah, no. We always knew it was going to be hard work and it has been hard work, but it's a, it's a labour of love. So, yeah, we're, thankfully we're out the garage now, mm. but it did take us two years in the garage, so we've been out less time than we were in. Mm. I'm um, always fascinated by people who have a business idea, or whatever idea it might be, let's just say, and 
you don't get the immediate feedback that you necessarily want, be that sales, money, mm. likes, whatever it might be. But something tells you, just stick with it. Mm. And if, like you say, there were people around you who were saying, you sure you want to keep doing this? Oh, everyone was. Like, yeah. literally, I think our nan was the most kind of, like, cynical. She was like, what is this thing that you're doing with the internet? What is this? I don't understand. <laughs> and then our dad was a little bit, because he's very, he worries a lot. So he yeah. was very just concerned about us and our health living in the garage and like not really doing much else and then our mum was like no they'll be fine just let them do their thing they'll be absolutely fine yeah and um, so it kind of varied really but yeah we always and then they'd say well what are you going to do if, if nothing happens we're like it will that was always mm. like just always knew it was yeah yeah just knew and we did say oh if it, if it doesn't work out we'll just sell it off on ebay get rid of it and try and make our initial investment back and then write write a line under it but ultimately we were always like it's great like it's going to be great and a lot of the time we did spend time and effort um contacting people through social media like makeup artists and um makeup lovers really just to try and let them know that we were there so we would always kind of hashtag things like makeup makeup of the day just like kind of key hashtags to reach the mass because when we set out with the business our target audience was always like the makeup lovers we didn't set out to be um like top professional level tools because we're not professional makeup artists so it's a bit it was never our target market was it we kind of we are our own customer so we always went to target ourselves really yeah, we are our, that's what we always say we are our own customer mm. so we base everything on what we we really love mm. at a price point that we'd be happy to pay and um, and that's part of what the business model was wasn't it and mm. that's really helped with our go with our gut when it comes to knowing if something's good or bad mm. so if we thought well I would buy it it's just about waiting for people to discover it mm. and that's what happened and it gradually grew into a bit of a sort of cult online indie brand that people happened upon and then it was like the best kept secret that you've never known about and then people started sharing their pictures and posting and it was that user generated content that really helped us boost sales then because it was almost like each time someone would share and post a picture it was almost like a recommend so they would say I love my brushes and here they are and then that would then be like that would reach their audience and then mm. that would filter back to ours, wouldn't it? Mm. So it was very natural, it was very organic. We never set out to like force feed people ads and you know, you need to buy this and this is the best thing you'll ever have. Mm. So our own Instagram and our own social media still is not it's not a hard sell. It's not meant to be a sales pitch. No. Because I Yeah, because I, I hate being sold to and feeling pressured into into buying something. So we kind of use we still use social media as a conversation with our customers to find out what they like and what they react to. But, yeah, it's, we, we treat it as our shop window, so we always try and make it as visually appealing as possible, which is what we've always done from the beginning. But we, do, we don't really do a hard sell. We kind of like people to buy it because they want to buy it. Um, and then we always thank everyone for posting their pictures and sharing and tagging us because we really do appreciate it because, mm. you know, it's, that's how we, we started. So we still feel very connected to, to all our customers. So that's, and we will always continue to try to do so as a brand. That's still our main marketing tool. Mm. It's the first thing you do in the morning check Instagram. Yeah. It is. Yeah. After you've cuddled the dog. After I've stroked the dog. <laughs> She's my favourite. She's my number one. <laughs> Apart from the husband. Um, I always say to him, I was like, oh, I do love you more than makeup brushes. He goes, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I've worked, I've written for magazines for many, many years, and I get emails every day from people saying, I have a new brand, or I have this product, or X, Y, and Z. You didn't really go down that route. And actually, as a magazine journalist, I definitely am aware that I will often discover new things because of my scrolling on Instagram. So there's a real, um, a real change in how people are learning about products. But mm. for you, is there a particular post or um, endorsement via an Instagram that made a really big difference to the brand? We did have, right at the beginning, we did the clothes show. And that was, so we launched in the April and then we did the clothes show in the December. And at the closure, there's lots of um, reality celebs walking around and all that kind of thing. And mm. naturally, they, they'd spot us and be really drawn into the products. Mm. And I'd be like, well, do you want some? It was like, you can have some if you want. If you want to go home and take a picture of them. And they'd be like, yeah, of course, that's fine. Mm. So then they would kind of endorse them, but off their own back without us paying them to do so. Right. So that helped us reach another audience, didn't it? Yeah. And then with um, press and journalists, we do get a lot of them reaching out to us because the colours might work with the style that they're working on and I think we've got really good supporters in, in the British press as well mm. who've really got behind the brand and I think even more so since they've learnt about the story of the brand and how it came to be mm. so that's really good for us as well isn't it being a British brand and having the British press mm. kind of support there is really good for us Yeah, There's a lot of professional makeup artists who have ranges of their own do you find it a challenge? Please don't take this the wrong way, but is it challenging to walk into that arena and feel like you're, you don't have that? I think with us, a lot of professionally trained makeup artists still prefer animal hairbrushes, so that is a challenge because we always wanted to be a cruelty-free and vegan brand. It was just really important to us from the off. And when we were sampling, we did um, have some animal hair sample brushes. And just personal preference we were like oh I really don't like them they feel really scratchy and and I just don't want to rub like a a sable hair all over my face like Mm -hmm. that wasn't that wasn't for us but a lot of people when we do trade shows some people are still like oh what hair are they and they're synthetic they're cruelty free and and vegan and then people say "Oh, oh no I only use real hair and then it's kind of like oh okay but that's how they've been trained and that's what they prefer and everyone does have a preference so we do still get some kind of um feedback from customers who are like oh it doesn't blend as well or um I I prefer my Zoeva brush or what have you because they're a mix of animal hair and um synthetic as well so I think it's difficult to kind of target the professional makeup artists more the kind of old school makeup artists really just because I think that they they can be stuck in their way so it's really amazing for us when we have um top makeup artists use the brushes and really enjoy using them and it's it's kind of like a little pat on the back then isn't it yeah we get a lot who reach out to us especially from tv stations like sky this morning mm. um itv itv even um x factor but it's got talent all mm. their makeup artists kind of reach out to us and ask a lot of them are saying now i'm trying to convert my kit into a cruelty free kit mm. and we've been really highly recommended your products do you mind if we get some to use mm. and as long as they're not trying to get a kit for the whole of the studio we're like yeah of course yeah because it's really good to get their feedback then as well and I saw them pop up so many times this last year when it was the mannequin challenge mm. every single you know everyone did a mannequin challenge mm. we saw them on every single mannequin challenge because they're like bright pink we're like there's another brush there's another brush mm. so it was just proof that people were using yeah. them and they were using them in that kind of professional capacity as well Mm. so I think the industry is changing much more towards cruelty free choice and it's easier with products being around like ours I just think the professional makeup artists need to get their head around that 
really great brushes don't have to cost 30 quid a brush yeah. and then once they understand that then they'll be buying more into the brand mm. what would you say starting a business has been your biggest challenge I don't know we, get to, we still face challenges every day yeah. don't we um, it's, it's not I know it sounds weird but it, now it's it's not really hard because we love it so much mm. but when we were first doing it definitely the challenge was just staying committed to getting those orders out because it was relentless no mm. Christmases no birthdays no holidays no no, no showers <laughs> no food no nothing no. no it was just really really hard work wasn't it it, it was hard work and we did um we both used to freelance, as we said, so we saved all our cash and all our all everything. We just invested fully into the business because that's what we wanted to do. So that was a commitment as well because we were both trying to... Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM save for houses and you know put some money aside for ourselves but we didn't pay ourselves we didn't have any kind of life really while we were saving because we wanted we always wanted it to be our own thing and as much as we didn't want to go to the bank we didn't have to because we really had to scrimp and save and invest all, all our money into it so that was a challenge and I think going forward it's still a challenge to keep the business fresh and keep coming up with new ideas and and keep kind of affirming the brand as as a go-to um trusted beauty brand really but I think we're definitely known in the beauty industry now which which is which is huge but a lot of that is kind of continuing to push and make people aware that we're, we exist and continuing to make new and exciting ranges really yeah that's the, sorry that's the hardest bit now mm. is because there's so many other brands who are kind of trying to emulate what we're doing mm. so we really always are trying to think six to twelve months ahead of the game really mm. and just thinking where, where we are going to be in the next six months and we don't necessarily look at what other brands are doing because we don't want to kind of be on the same sort of journey is then we want to have our own style and our own unique look well Oprah Winfrey says never bother about looking over your shoulder at the competition because it will just slow you down mm, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Oprah is always right mm. Oprah is always right <laughs> what was the very first product uh, so the first <laughs> we actually launched with a range of it's the pink um, brushes mm-hmm. but we also had yellow and blue blending sponges didn't we yeah. um, and pink and purple so the pink and purple quickly outsold the yellow and blue so we scrapped them and the actual range that we started with we quickly revised as well because we didn't have as many fluffy brushes as we needed but because we'd kind of set our goal at launch in, in April we just launched anyway and we were like we'll just get them out there get the brand awareness going and then we can introduce and revise the range and how many brushes were in that collection? 20. 20 yeah how did you choose 20 brushes because I know I've got about 300 and I need them all mm. we, we spoke to um, through our freelancing we worked on set a lot with makeup artists and with 
basically just a lot of photo shoots. People on photo shoots are all really good at what they did, yeah. and a lot of our friends make artists, and they're still our friends now, and they've always helped advise us on what they think would be a good core range. Mm. So we took their advice, didn't we? And mm. it was actually off the back of a few more makeup artists, because every time, because we, we were still freelancing a lot, every time we go to a photo shoot, I'd bring, whack the brushes out, like, what do you think of these? Mm. And just get as many opinions on them as I could. And they were like, oh, I think you need this type of brush, and I think you need this type of brush. So then we'd build on that constantly. So now we've ended up with, there's only, only um, 30 brushes in the pink very actually there's 34 now including the duos isn't there mm. um, but I think we there's always room for more mm. so and like you said if you've got hundreds of brushes and you need them all then you're our kind of customer <laughs> <laughs> we like the brush collectors when did you incorporate um, mermaids unicorns because you couldn't have the hashtag the how it looks I mean that's that's Instagram gold yeah when you hit the jackpot by the mermaid and unicorn thing kind of came from customer feedback from the initial kind of pink range launch and everyone was like oh my god they're so magical they remind me of unicorns Uh, they blend my makeup like magic yeah they feel like unicorns gave them to me and we were like oh wow okay yeah definitely we'll go with that Mm. um so we built on that kind of mythical kind of thing didn't Mm. we for a good while and it was about a year after we'd launched the pink brushes that we introduced the glam clam so then and that, is that your best seller because that's my next question what yeah is your best yeah that's our hero it, isn't it it's, yeah it's our hero and it does continue to be our top seller um but it's basically our best-selling pink set is called the 10 piece essential set so it's a version of the 10 piece essential set um, and a new colorway that comes in the it's like a, a clam shaped case that you can use as a bag but it displays all the brushes as well so i think sophie like dreamt it up didn't you always when i'm just at home just <laughs> Usually before I'm about to drop off, my mind just goes into... (laughs) Overdrive. Overdrive, which is really annoying, but it's great at the same time. And that's my best sort of thinking hours. You know that little bit of time before falling asleep and when you're still awake, when you just go in a bit like... You're a little bit hallucinating. Yeah, that's when all the ideas come through. Maybe that's why they're all like a bit, you know, out there. Um, But yeah, I just thought of it. And then we both liked it because it's always... We always make sure that we both like everything that we go down the road of adding to the collection mm. and then we came up with the name Glam Clam and that was just like oh my this is amazing it, it did change the game didn't it yeah. that, that was when once we launched the Glam Clam we got a lot more press attention and blog retention and it was just so new everyone was like oh my god I need it I need it so but originally um, when we launched it I think did we launch like 500 or because we we used to order in really small quantities from the factories um, because we didn't have the capital to order like 10,000 of this and and we still don't order in tens of thousands because we try and order like little and often Um, but yeah that got us loads of loads of attention and as soon as it launched online it sold out and then every time it came back it would just sell out consistently Mm -hmm. so we did have it in the Selfridges summer shop um, this summer of 2015, I think it was. Yeah, when it launched. When yeah. it launched. And how does that feel for you guys? Your own business, your idea, you had this gem of an idea beside the pool and then all of a sudden you're stopped by Selfridges. Oh, yeah, it was amazing, wasn't Selfridges it? was rubbish. <laughs> no, it's, it's amazing. No, they, honestly, they were, it was amazing to get the email, but yeah. then we were like, oh, yeah, this is amazing, thinking it was great. And that's one of the points of our business, isn't it, that not everything fits for us so they ordered 100 on a sale or return Mm. I think they sold 40 and then they returned 60 to us so we had to buy them back off them and I think we got a little bit 
we basically had to pay them back for them and then they added on VAT and we weren't claiming back VAT at the time so yeah. we ended up paying more to get, get them, them back, back. <laughs> than we'd actually sold them for yeah. but then we put them back on our website and they sold in less than five minutes yeah. so we're like okay so maybe this doesn't work yeah so yeah. that was a learning curve wasn't it yeah because I think when people start a new brand they're like some people might have the ultimate goal of like I want to be in Selfridges or I want to be in Harvey Nicks and that is like the pinnacle but in reality it's not always the best because mm. we still get so much direct traffic that being in store isn't necessarily yes you reach more customers and people some people might see you in store and that'll cement that it's an amazing brand but it, it's not always the way to go especially because online shopping is just massive now and mm. you know the shopping industry in general is just changing all the time exactly so. yeah um, it was never our end goal to be kind of spread too thin. Mm. So we are on the high street now because we are in Boots, which works really well for us. And obviously we're always reaching new customers through the Birchbox campaigns as well, which work amazingly well for us. Mm. So we've got select partners that we really find work well with the brand. Mm. And maybe in the future we'll do another, maybe Selfridges will send us another email, maybe not after this. but anyway. <laughs> um, I'm sure we could find something that would work better for them. Because I remember when we did the Build Your Own Box and it was in Selfridges with the sponges mm. and that looked amazing so I think maybe just people because I went in there to try and find it I couldn't find it no maybe it was just bad positioning but I think ultimately for us it, we tried it and it didn't work at that time but the business is constantly changing and we're always getting approached to do this that and the other but what we say to people is don't be afraid to say no and kind of think is it actually good for me is it going to stretch me too far can we actually fulfil it and do a good job like that's why we kind of we've only just kind of launched in boots in august and mm. um, we didn't push ourselves too far at the beginning because we were such a small well it was just the two of us mm. so we that was a key thing for us is to not grow so quickly and want everything to happen overnight because if it's too much then you kind of lose control of it and we always wanted to be in control and be able to deliver if we and also without much experience if any in this industry mm. every time you go to a meeting you could be told, oh, you should be doing this. Mm. And then you're not really running your own business. You're mm. just being influenced in lots of different directions. So for you guys, it's been about going in and saying, yeah, heard what you said, but we really feel like this. Yeah. And sticking to it. Yeah, yeah. we've always just followed our gut, haven't we? And there have been times where we've, we've been like, oh, yeah, that'll be amazing. We'll definitely do that. Um, and then right at the last minute, we've said, actually, no, do you know what? It's not right. Let's pull back from that. Um, whether that be like a collaboration with someone because we do find it really hard to find that's why we haven't really launched like the face of Spectrum because it's a vegan and cruelty free brand what we do tend to find is when and which is why we don't do much paid um, influencer activity because we want to find people who are genuine and share the same brand ethos because you can pay someone five grand for an Instagram post which is a hell of a lot of money mm -hmm. and then the next minute they're posting them eating a steak and it's like mm, that's not really, really bad false advertising yeah, yeah. it's not really a true representation of the brand so we we do definitely go with our gut a lot of the time mm -hmm. and people will tell you oh yeah but you should be doing this and why haven't you reached that yet but in actual fact if you're comfortable with how it's developing and going then that's great and you're doing a good job with what, of what you're doing um, and, and you know it's still ramping up all the time for us and it's growing every day so we are still learning as we're going along and we, we are saying yes to a few more things but not everything. No, we still say no a lot, don't we? Yeah. I also think that um, I've had a lot of guests on the show talking about setting up a business. And as I was saying to you before we started recording, there's no blueprint for success mm. in the beauty industry. There's no blueprint for success in blogging. There's no blueprint for success in becoming a beauty journalist. So you kind of have to learn the hard way. Have there been 
what you might call failures along the way that have really helped you push yourself forward? It's kind of everything's hard. everything's um, touch wood for us. We've been really, really lucky, haven't we, in the vast majority of things. But a couple of weeks ago, we didn't have what I would call a failure, but a huge disaster, where we had our warehouse um, go up in flames. And it, yeah, it mm. destroyed every single product, apart from what we had basically in the size of a garage in Wales. Mm. £460,000 worth of product went up in smoke two weeks ago. Mm. Yeah. So that was a bit of a bump in the road. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. That was a... Yeah, the Sunday morning text message to say, um, yeah, there's been a fire at the warehouse and it's really likely that all of your stock has been destroyed mm-hmm. and the fire had been blazing for nine hours and had been on the news. So we were like, oh God, that's a really big fire. Yeah. But no one was hurt, so that's okay. No, no one was hurt, but there was nothing left. So at that point, we were kind of just... Yeah, I think it, we've just had to kind of take a little step back these past couple of weeks, really. So it's kind of... It just made us take a break and think right okay well that was all happening so now we need to do this and we should maybe look at doing this but we're kind of reordering everything at the moment and, and rebuilding luckily for us you know we have got insurance so we will get them the, the costs back so it's not going to destroy the business but it you know people, stuff like that could make us that could have made i mean a lot of businesses um that we don't know which ones, but the warehouse did say that they've had people who, who can't continue working. Their mm. businesses have had to fold. Luckily, mm. that's what I mean. That's where we're okay in, in the sort of grand scale of things. We still feel lucky with the outcome, don't we? Mm. But because of last Christmas, this is what we've learned from as well. Last Christmas, we didn't order early in advance enough to get the stock over from China. So instead of having it ordered a couple of months earlier and then boating everything over. All our orders ended up being finished around the end of October and we had to fly it all over, which cost us about 25 grand. So that was a big lesson. Yeah. So this year what we've done is ordered it well in advance in end of June or end of July. Mm. So now, thankfully, after the fire, we've got Christmas stock that's ready. Some of it was ready yesterday, some of it's ready in a week. Mm. So we're going to bring that over, but we are going to have to fly a lot of it over again. So we had learned um, and we prepared for that, but thanks to this other thing that came along that we didn't expect, we're basically back to where we were last Christmas where we've got to fly everything over again. So Mm. yeah, there's always things to learn from and to test you, but yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, I wouldn't say, because what we try and do is take something positive out of every single thing that happens and we mm. firmly believe everything happens for a reason mm. so I've never really looked at anything as a failure more mm. as just just a learning curve really yeah. isn't it like we have done um like I don't know if we've worked with a blogger and it hasn't gone as well as we thought then we're kind of like oh, okay well maybe they didn't like the picture and you know it's, it's good to test things so you can see what works and what doesn't work that's you know that's always great and I, I think, you know, some months obviously we don't sell as much as other months and then it's just good to look back on things and think, right, okay, well, why didn't that happen? What should we do about it? Like, we're always planning ahead, aren't we? We never stop and just think, oh, well, it's doing all right. We'll just chill for a little bit because we're, we're always doing the next... We're 100 miles an hour, aren't we? We're yeah. always doing something or planning something. And we're in the office every day, mm. apart from when we're around doing lovely things like this. Yeah. But, yeah, we're in the office firmly at our desks answering emails and driving the business forward which is just in our nature really mm. and the other thing as well I know I've been speaking to other brands that have a huge 
um, conversation with their customers directly on mm-hmm. social media platforms is that when something like the fire does happen and perhaps you aren't able to fulfill your orders, if you're transparent with them, they're really understanding. They're like, oh, that's fine. Mm. Oh, God, yeah. We had so much support of everyone. It was amazing because initially Sophie was like, oh, because we were like, right, okay, we've got to make everything sold out. And Sophie was like, okay, well, should we just leave it sold out and pretend like it's sold out because it's that amazing and I was like mm, no I think people will be a little bit more compassionate if we actually tell them look we've had a devastating fire that's like wiped out everything yeah so that's what we did we just we, Sophie just put like a series of tweets out and then we put it on Instagram and, and all our social channels just so we wanted to be really transparent and open with everyone and just be like you know we did not expect to wake up to this this morning but this is what's happened so mm. We um, went in on the Sunday, told everyone, and then went in on the Monday and packed everything um, of what we could and fulfilled everything that we had available to send out to people. Um, and then obviously refunded people that we didn't have the stock for. And, you know, we sorted it and managed it. And But I think people appreciate honesty in business, especially when there's so many other people who would, whether it's like running your own blog or, you know, running your own, your own small business or your own massive business. I think, you know, we're all human at the end of the day. But like, it's we're the face of the brand it's not like a, a super human brand that's got a very corporate face we do like to be open and honest with people and and kind of let them know that it's not all rosy and you are going to hit obstacles but yeah that's what we did that's what we took from that situation as well is really mm. the opportunity to have a, another conversation with our audience online and the sort of outpour of support was just brilliant wasn't it because mm. I didn't want to worry people initially that people were like oh my god I'm not going to be able to get anything before Christmas so once we kind of assessed it and we thought well no it'll probably be like three or four weeks and maybe up to six weeks before we're kind of back up to where we were mm. I think people are so supportive and they were more than happy to wait weren't they mm. um, and it was just actually the girls who work with us in the office said they were busier on the days after the fire replying to all the messages of support than they had been for weeks mm. replying to customer inquiries about this that and the other yeah, exactly. so that's how good it was wasn't it mm. again another positive thing to take from something really crap mm. it sounds like you always like to rise to the challenge and not be defeated yeah always uh, we get that love from a challenge our yourself off yeah our mum's always like cosmically ordering and like the power of the universe and positive thinking but we do I believe everything happens for a reason and, and it definitely does we think so we never sit on our laurels and you know expect things to fall in our lap we're always pushing for the next thing and and driving it forward really so yeah we just hard hard work pays off doesn't it i think so yeah definitely i always think something is only going to be as successful as you make it really Mm. get out of life yeah, hundred percent. And with Instagram too. Mm. Um, it's always difficult to ask people uh, what's next because it's such a broad question. But how are you? How do you continue to innovate and tease us? Won't you? <laughs> are there lots of exciting things coming from Spectra? Oh God, there's loads. There's loads. Yeah, we, yeah, the innovation isn't the hard part for us. That is the easiest and best part, isn't it? Yeah, we're always. What we always say is we try and. Um, blend fashion and beauty into a crossover through Spectrum so that's why we're we're trying to make more bags that you can wear as bags but also display your makeup brushes so we try and do a fusion so we look to um, fashion trends and pop culture trends and what people are loving in general and try and translate that into our ranges so we've got loads more ranges coming out 
Um, we're working on cosmetics at the moment as well because it feels like a natural bridge. Natural progression. Yeah, and I think, you know, cruelty-free well, cruelty and vegan, it's all made in the UK as well. So that's why it's taken a, a little bit longer because it's, you know, it's not just farmed out in the Middle East somewhere. It's, um, you know, all made in the UK, which is amazing. So that'll be really exciting for us. Um, and we've just had our collaboration with um, Paramount and Mean Girls, which was a huge success and people love that. And it's a, a little steer away from mermaids and unicorns and it's a little bit nostalgic, but people love it because, I mean, we quote Mean Girls on a daily basis anyway um, and we know our customer would love it and they have done so far so we are working on some more collaborations um, next year as well with some really really exciting brands um, but I think that's just another way for us to kind of fuse pop culture with beauty as well and you know keep creating products that people will love and stuff that people haven't seen before yeah stuff that people want to collect mm. really and just really treasure and cherish and mm. it's not just something that is kind of a throwaway product as well which we like so mm people can have these products for years it's not like you know fast fashion where you might buy an outfit for a weekend and then throw it in the bin and never wear it again the idea is you hold on to these products and they become part of your you know collection that you have on your makeup desk and at the same time they look really pretty mm. well thank you so much for lifting the lid no worries on spectrum. <laughs> it's been so interesting talking to you and thank you, live audience, for uh, being so quiet. I had a single alert go off, so I'm <laughs> absolutely thrilled. Um, just a reminder, this was a special live podcast event, the Emma Gunn Show, at the Birchbox and Olive Bonus co-working space. And this will be um, on emmaguns.com, where I'll be putting um, links to everything that we've talked about, uh, all of your products, and obviously also you can download from iTunes. But for now, thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.